Hi, I'm Hannah Crum, LA's Kombucha Mama. Welcome to the Kombucha Camp Podcast. I recently had the opportunity to speak with GT Dave of Synergy Kombucha. He talked to me all about the relaunch of his original formulation, staying true to his authentic vision for kombucha, as well as his new line, Enlightened Kombucha, coming out soon. Later on, you'll also hear part of a conversation we had earlier in June, where we discuss his kombucha philosophy and lifestyle. I hope you enjoy the show. So I'm excited to hear that you're keeping with your original formula. That's great. Yes, thank you. We're very proud. Um, you know, it's it's a lot has happened in the last three months, and a lot of speculation and panic and rumors and accusations, even. Um, but you know, we always want to remain true to ourselves, and we want to put out a product that we can stand behind and be proud of and give our fans what they expect and what they trust and what they love. So Absolutely. That's why we're not gonna we're not gonna be changing our formula and following kind of uh the other brands with you know, their their choices to water down and dilute or process their products with the kind of the uh hope of rushing back onto the shelves and beating each other or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, some people are complaining about the new formulations that they just don't taste as good, which isn't surprising, I suppose, because, you know, having it in its original raw state um, is what makes it taste so good. Yeah, you know, we, we, we of course, have tried them all, and um, it's, they clearly taste different, and they definitely feel different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it, it, it brings up the, the important question of, you know, why do we drink kombucha? Do we drink it because it's a thirst-quenching beverage, or do we drink it because it has nutritional value and health benefits? And I think the answer to that, no matter who you ask, is I drink it because the primary reason I drink it is because I love the way it makes me feel. I love how it, um, the health benefits that I get from it. And so it's kind of hopefully redefining the definition of kombucha. Yeah, and it's interesting because it, it's this gray area that, as far as I understand, the FDA doesn't even have a classification for stuff that isn't as alcoholic as beer but is more alcoholic than the half a percent that's allowed. It's like in this nebulous region, and we have such a black-and-white attitude about alcohol in this country as it is in terms of we abuse it. We don't understand it. We don't have a good relationship with it in general. I mean, certainly there are plenty of people who drink it and are fine, but I think, you know, we see a lot of abuse of it in this country, more so than in other cultures. It's true. I mean, first of all, the whole 0.5% alcohol uh, threshold is so arbitrary <laughs> because, I mean, it, it, it's acting like 0.4 is, you know, not going to do anything, but 0.6 is going to get you wasted. Right. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not. And you're right, a lot of these laws and regulations, almost all of them were created in like the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, there are, you can get more alcohol in your system through mouthwash. There's clearly more alcohol in cough syrup. There's definitely more alcohol in uh, a dozen other products, whether it's vanilla extract, cooking wine, an herbal tincture, all of that. But the, the clear definition or, or distinction between an alcoholic product and a non-alcoholic but yet has alcohol is whether it's a beverage or not, and it's that's just a little. I think it's it's a little distorted and, and illogical and, and impractical. So the goal is, you know, obviously we want to continue to make our product no matter what. So if we have to change the label, if we have to 
pay more tax, if we have to pay tax on it now, or if someone has to get carded for it, so be it. We still want to get it in the hands of people who want it, who need it, and I'm confident that they will go to any extent to get it. Um, but the long-term goal is to hopefully change people's perspective on, from a legislative standpoint and from just a society standpoint, that this really needs to be given some different consideration. Well, when do you um, anticipate having the AP5 on the shelf? Our goal is probably in the next 30 to 45 days that it will be released. The, um, the reason why I can't be more specific is that truly the ball is not in our court. It's in someone else's court. There's some government stuff that needs to be worked out to make sure that all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. Because, you know, when we come back, we want to come back formal, official. So it, it, it takes a little bit of time. Um, so we're just waiting on that, and then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move forward. And are you going to keep all the same flavors? Are you going to reduce the number of offerings? Are you going to increase the number of offerings? It, for now, it's going to be every single flavor, all 17 flavors will be available. Um, there will be no change. I mean, the, the architecture, the design, and the heart and soul of the, the label will remain the same. There's just, you know, a couple of uh, little mentions on the label that, of course, there's the, the lovely government statement that now has to be <laughs> on it, or the government warning, I should say. And then a couple other things that are kind of speaking to our fans so they understand what we're doing and the choices we're making. And that's about it, though. There won't be any flavor changes, any – it's not also going to have more alcohol <laughs> right, or right. anything like that. So, so you aren't going to try to, I mean, do they have to move where you are in the store? Are you now going to be with the beer and wine? Are you going to be next to other kombuchas? How are they going to have to differentiate that? Do you even know what they're going to have to do for that? Well, what's interesting about this AP5 world that we're now going to be entering into is it uh, is really a state-by-state, state, sometimes county-by-county county situation. Hmm. And depending on the regulations, in that area is what will dictate how the product is sold. So, for instance, California, no issue at all. It can be merchandised and sold in its exact same location. The only difference is you go to buy it, you have to show ID. Um, in some more conservative states, like Utah, um, it won't tech at this time. Will, uh, it will be unlikely that it will be able to be sold in a grocery store because they have a, re a regulation that, you know, nothing. Um, that's above 0.5 can be sold in a grocery store. Right, right. Yeah, no, I know there's some states they have like the state liquor stores and mm -hmm. that's the only place you can get it. Mm -hmm. Got it. So that's where it will be in like Kentucky and Utah and places like that. Yes, and those will be, you know, it will take some time for us to kind of wrap our arms around, you know, the logistics involved with that and how that will really work out, um, which is why we're coming out with a second version, which will be a, we call it our, everyday, everywhere kombucha that will still be authentic. It will still be raw. It won't be, you know, watered down or diluted or refined or filtered or processed in any way. It will still be a great kombucha. Um, it will have a little bit more of a beverage personality. It will be lighter in taste, but still, again, a great product. And we'll, we'll have that as an alternative or as an option to our fans who can't drink the above point five or they can't find it or they can't get it for whatever reason. Well, what's the process you're doing to be able to do that? Is it similar to some of the other manufacturers who've reformulated? No, it's or com It's completely 
different. I would, I'd like to think at least it's completely different. I mean, I'm familiar with a lot of the, <laughs> the brands that, and what they're doing, because um, we've considered everything that they've considered or that they're doing. Um, this will be basically a matter of just going back to the drawing board and, you know, creating the product from scratch. And unfortunately, I can't go into detail about what that means, but, you know, it's going to take time. That's why I, I, I'm not going to say we're going to relaunch tomorrow with that. Um, it's really going to be trying to understand nature and how to harness the, the beauty and the potency and the value of kombucha and, and just at least uh, make the product less likely to uh, go, go above 0.5. So we'll, you know, we're going to really have to study it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. You know, silver lining or lemons out of lemonade, you know, if anything, hopefully this will lead to a greater understanding, more information, more knowledge about it so that people, you know, there's still so many people out there, oh, especially in the pharmaceutical industry, whatever, whoever has their motives of, like, dissing the kombucha because they still want us to just stay on our pills, on our synthetic medicines and, as opposed to healing from nature. And and kombucha definitely is one of those powerful and simple. It's not even a complicated thing per se, but um, simple to make at home, but not so complex that it's... Well, yeah, we're not, we're, yeah, we're not making it in a test tube <laughs> or... You know, we're not splitting atoms here or anything like that. Um, and that's, that's what right. makes it so beautiful is it really is something that is uh, made straight from nature. Now, nature is simple yet complex, you know, uh, trying to understand. You know, the, science has yet to create an apple from scratch or something like that. So kombucha is just like that. It's simple yet complex. So will the two lines be identical in terms of flavors, or are they going to have differences? We don't know at this time. Um, the goal, you know, my initial thought is yes. Um, but until we kind of uh, get, until I get really deep into the the BP5 line is when I'll understand how that's going to work out. Because, you know, we want the lines to complement each other. We don't want to suggest to somebody that one's better than the other, Um so we want to see how that will work out. And do you anticipate that'll be at the end of the year or next year, or do you know how long this research process is going to take? No, we don't know. It could be a month. It could be nine months. And that's the thing is that we want people to know that yes, we want to get product back, and yes, we want to have kombucha for a kind of kombucha for everybody. Um, but we don't mm-hmm. want to just do it. We don't want to do it just to do it. So we're going to take our time. And to be honest with you, if we can't do it and it won't be a great product, we're not going to do it. That's the truth. Yeah, people love GTs, as you already know, from the response you've received on Facebook to, you know, everywhere. Everyone's like, where's the GTs? Where's the GTs? I mean, you've got them hooked. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. You, you, you've got good juju in there. So it's all, you know, people want what you have. And I think that's a that's really honorable. I think it's really the only way to go about it is to, you have to make a product that, that you can feel good putting your name on. That's really exactly. great. So do you think like, like the Whole Foods in California, do you think they would be carry both products or would they choose one over the other, you think? Um, I personally feel that in every area that the AP5 line is available, that that will be the more desirable line just because, for obvious reasons, it's the original formula. It's the, the version that everybody loved, nobody had an issue with. Um, so right. that is the one that's going to be, like, the, the version to sell. Now, obviously, they're, 
might be different perceptions store to store or even region within a state or something. So that remains to be seen. But you know, from I always when I whenever I create a flavor or do any anything different with my products, whether it's a label change or new flavor or whatever, um, I always put myself in the shoes of the consumer because in reality, I, I like to think that I am the consumer. It's my I live I walk the walk, I talk the talk. I you know I live in that world. That's my lifestyle. So you know when when we were going through all this and suggestions and almost instructions to change were coming up. And I was in those meetings or, or participating in those conversations. There's a part of me who was, it was like you know, playing the role of the consumer goes, yeah, I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't, yeah. I want the original stuff and there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to. And there's no reason for myself that I shouldn't drink it. So that's the perspective is that, um, for, for instance, in, with your question about California, in California, because there really is no restriction of where it can be sold and all of that, I think the AP5 line will be the, the, um, the leading line. Um, the BP5 is basically to provide an option to people who just can't get it where the AP5 is unavailable. But I still think that in California, they'll still sell both. And ultimately, I mean, I, like, I can play the role of consumer all I want, but the true test is when people go to buy it, when they try it, when they see, have those two options, and, you know, it, it depends on what each one does for them. You know, I read the UNFI updates, and they said that there's no new product coming out of you. Some people still are having it. Is that just old stuff you're you're slowly giving away to friends? No, what, what's, what's being seen right now in the marketplace is basically just uh, inventory that was available prior to all of this. It's products that certain distributors and certain retailers had, and then when everything kind of came up, they put it on hold. And then when it came to be that there's no reason to not sell it or you know, there's no mandatory recall, they just kind of chose to sell through it. It's all good product. It's all safe product. Um, so that's, that's basically what's being what's out there. And the great thing is that you know there are people who are dying for it. They so the, the fact that there are certain regions that still have product is we're thankful for because there are people who really need it for health benefits. And now, as promised, here's my conversation with GT from June, where he discusses his kombucha philosophy and lifestyle. Enjoy. Are you only brewing it out of your one facility in California for the whole world, or are, do you have little facilities elsewhere? Yeah, we do everything under one facility. That's what I thought. And are you still taste testing every batch yourself? Absolutely. And how much kombucha a day do you drink? Gosh, uh, a lot. <laughs> I drink, I would say anywhere from a gallon and a half to two gallons a day. And so do you think there is such a thing as drinking too much kombucha? Well, I agree. I, I feel that moderation is essential in life. I don't think, I wouldn't recommend people consume as much as I consume it, and I'm clearly not consuming it for recreational purposes, and it's part of my job. Um, but right, right. I am the guinea pig that it, no matter how much I drink, I never reach that level of you know, ooh, I'm drinking too much, I now feel sick. So that that's kind of always been an interesting, you know, experience for me is that, you know, I think if I was to drink in, as much of that, of every of anything besides water, I would probably feel very different. I would rather, you know, be feeling gross and bloated or, you know, or sickly full and, and loaded with sugar or whatever it is with the kombucha because it's so clean 
and it resonates so nicely with the body that it's even in you know the high high quantities that I drink it, it really never has been an issue. You know, because some people they do report some of the adverse symptoms, and you know that could just be their body detoxing. And I assume biochemically, everybody's body is different too. Clearly, you've evolved to a level where you can drink this much, and it doesn't have like if somebody off the street just suddenly drank a gallon of kombucha, they might have oh, yeah, they would, some it, adverse. They would be running to the restroom is what they would be doing. <laughs> so right. yeah, I mean, I your 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 point is valid. Is that it's of course who I am and my background with respect to drinking the product, and I've been drinking it for a while. But I think more importantly, it, it also comes down to my diet. I pride myself on living a very clean and healthy uh, lifestyle. So the kombucha only, as you mentioned, only really creates a potentially uh, adverse reaction when it's detoxifying somebody, somebody. And usually that occurs when they have a lot of toxins to, de- to detoxify, and therefore, you know, they get nauseous or they get, you know, they, they have to go to the bathroom or something like that. But most people who have a very clean lifestyle, their opinion is kind of in line with mine, that they can get away with drinking several bottles and not have an issue with respect to, um, you know, it, it creating too much of a detoxifying experience with them and them having personal problems. So by clean lifestyle, do you mean raw food? you mean vegan? Oh, yeah. you mean no alcohol? Yes. Drugs? I, you mean... I mean no alcohol, no drugs, nothing artificial, um, virtually all organic, vegetarian, athletic, all of that. So it's, it's, yeah, they all play a role in your overall health. And, you know, I, I consider myself incredibly conscientious with, with my diet and my lifestyle. So how threatened or do you feel threatened at all by Coca-Cola or some of these other big guys getting into the game? I, I honestly don't feel threatened. I feel that there's enough room in the marketplace for all these brands I think we all bring something different to the table. We, I, mm-hmm. I personally, as, as an owner and um, as, a, as a creator of the products, don't pay a lot of attention to what other companies are doing because every product and every flavor that we produce is a personal expression of who I am as a human being and what my preferences are and what my tastes are. So, you know, I, I am, obviously I do that with the hopes that the consumers feel the same way and... If they if they don't, then they have their choices. But I'm hoping that I give them enough reason to stick with us and and continue to be with us. Do you get a buzz off your own kombucha? Do you feel this kind of high or drunk feeling at all I, from it? Or? I, well, yes and no. I always feel high when I drink kombucha, just like I feel high when I work out. So I, I think the, the definition of high is a very general one, and it's yeah. misinterpreted if you know, easily. Uh, drunk? No. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that, I, and I was telling this to somebody recently, you know, I don't really drink alcohol. On, on a rare occasion when I go out or I'm forced to be in a social environment where it's almost frowned on if you're not holding some kind of drink or cocktail, I'll hold one and I'll, you know, kind of nurse it throughout the entire experience. And if I'm lucky, I'll get away with drinking, um, at best, I'll get away with drinking a couple of ounces of that beverage. I am such a lightweight mm-hmm. that I will feel that, and it will it will alter my my perception and my mood and, and my being and all of that, which I find so ironic because I can go with drinking almost two gallons of kombucha, and we're talking not two gallons in like eighteen hours. We're talking two gallons in about four hours. So, and I mm-hmm. never feel anything that's even close to a buzz or feeling tipsy or 
you know, intoxicated or whatever, which, again, I think is case in point that, the, you know, the, the alcohol levels are really insignificant. And from a consumer standpoint, the majority of people that drink kombucha after this whole situation went down, I would say 99.9% of them were like, so? What's the problem? Now, what do you think about clinical trials? Do you think anybody's ever going to do trials and prove kombucha's benefits? I mean, I know that there are some people at universities that research it here and there, but that's why everyone's like, the unsubstantiated claims, the anecdotal evidence is because it's not going on. Well, the reason why you don't see it going on with kombucha and you honestly don't see it going on really with any foods is you can't do much with it from a food manufacturer standpoint. You can't patent it. You can't trademark it because it's considered an innate characteristic to a natural food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how about you and your millions of dollars? Are you going to set up a research center? I suppose that doesn't really help you because people know about kombucha. Uh, well, first of all, my millions of dollars, I think, exaggerated. Uh, second of all, yeah, I mean, I'm always looking for opportunities to educate. I would like to see happen in the future for myself because it's one of my hopes and dreams is to be able to set up a center for education of the importance of health food and how it can be your medicine and your poison. Um, that, would, that would be one of my things is to educate people why kombucha is so healthy. But to be honest with you, we're doing that. And, and I'm not, I don't want to come off arrogant, but what we're doing by making a product that people connect with on their own is significant and substantial education. And a lot of people say to us day in and day out, God, your product has changed my life. It's changed the way I eat. It's changed the way I drink. It changes the way I think. It changes the way you know my lifestyle is and all of that because the beauty of kombucha is it, is, it represents a way of life. <laughs> 